0: Do you ever wonder how your favorite country artist got to where they are today? We had no fear whatsoever. In fact, we, we probably made a lot of mistakes. People go, what are they doing? They're not ready for this. But we were so hungry to be out there in front of people that we probably should have spent a little more time honing our craft <laughs> before we just dove in. Did success come
1: easy or was it a long, hard road?
2: I wasn't sure I was going to make it at all, but I just kept like the little engine that could. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can.
1: What advice would they
0: give to a young artist? The greatest advice Elvis ever gave me if you ever forget where you came from you're never gonna get where you want to go meet our co-hosts candy o'terry and jc Don valeris they sat down with icons in the music industry and you've got a front row seat welcome to country music success stories
3: hi i'm candy o'terry and i'm jc Don valeris we were having so much fun talking to hit songwriter steve dean we had to divide our interview into two parts.
2: We are so lucky to be able to interview country music icons in their own homes. Now, we've talked to the great Jeannie Seely on her back porch overlooking the Cumberland River. In fact, when I stood up after the interview and Jeannie saw that I had cat hair on my pants, she grabbed a lint
3: brush and rolled it off my butt herself. Remember that, J.C.? I sure do. How about our time at my friend Kelly Lang and T.G. Shepherd's Gorgeous Gourmet Kitchen? Or at Cara Diaguardi's Pretty Craftsman that her husband restored for her in Nashville? She was doing her laundry the day we interviewed her, just chatting with us. Amazing, right?
2: And then there's this interview with Steve Dean. He welcomed us into the home he and his wife raised their kids in. It's just outside of Nashville. How can I describe it? It's cozy. It's not pretentious at all, and it's full of love. And Steve had plenty of wisdom to share with us, too.
0: Persistence, not giving up. There's been plenty of times when I would think, you know what, I love this, but I mean, what am I really doing? I treat it like a job, and I work every day at it.
3: His writing room is located upstairs, and the walls are lined with plaques and pictures to tell the story of his career. There are guitars everywhere, And Steve did not disappoint. He was ready with lots of stories about his career and his hits.
2: Your songs have sold 20 million records and counting. So JC and I have developed a little game. It's called Let's Play, (laughs) the story behind Steve Dean's greatest hits game. Your first single, Don't Your Memory Ever Sleep at Night, recorded by Steve Warner in 1983. Story behind.
0: Okay. All right. I was working with a guy named Randy Hatch came into the company. He was a Vietnam War veteran. I think we wrote almost every day for a while, and he came in one day, and we went through a bunch of ideas like we do a lot of times, and he said, I got this idea called, Don't Your Memory Ever Sleep at Night? And I went, well, that sounds cool. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, my intercom phone rings, I picked it up, and it was my publisher, and he goes, Steve, what are you working on today? I go, well, we've got a couple ideas, and I told him a couple before that when I said, and also, don't your memory ever sleep at night? And there was this <laughs> long silence, and he goes write that one.
2: <laughs> and you did. And we did.
1: Your memory keeps reminding me how good love used to be. Oh, and it keeps me good company, but it don't know when to.
0: I was writing on the piano back then, too. I wrote that music on the piano. And uh, Randy was a really good lyricist. And so we combined that way. It was a lot of fun.
3: I've got to say one of my personal favorites is Walk On by Reba. What's the story behind that?
0: Oh, man. All right. A lot of times I would get with different writers, and and my publisher would call us in, and he'd say, I've got, what are y'all working on? He kept saying, what are y'all working on? He always wanted to know what we're working on. He actually gave us that idea, Tom Collins gave said i want why don't y'all write a song called walk on so we went okay we got the song cut my friend buzz stone i don't know if y'all ever knew him uh, he worked with jimmy bowen a lot for a lot of years and he called me up and said uh, hey man they're gonna cut walk on i said wow that's fantastic so it got on the album it got on the b-side of kathy's clown that was the first single and when you back in those days, if you got the B side of the f- single, chances are you weren't going to get the A side. We went through Kathy's Clown, went through two other singles, and Lori and I were on vacation. And we got home from the trip, and the answer machine was on you know, back in those days, had an answer machine. And it was bleep, beeping, like there was like a bunch of messages. So I started going through them. And then Buzz Stone's voice comes over he goes, Steve, Walk On's going to be the next single. <laughs> and I. Went, I'm like, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. And so I got to know Reba's son back then. We talked on the phone a couple of times. And and I went to the album release party. I think it was the album release party over her place. There was a gal working in the mailroom that I knew. She would get letters from people, and she'd send them up to Reba. Then Reba would send them back down after she read them. And then she would give them to me. So this one particular, this is man, this was so emotional this girl was in a really bad car wreck and was paralyzed from the waist down. And so in this letter, this, what the letter was to Reba, she was thanking Reba for this song because she said, I'm paralyzed from the waist down, this bad wreck, but your song has inspired me to walk again.
2: Oh.
0: Fast forward 10 years. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember, back in the Sunday newspapers, they had this insert called parade we got the usa world report or something in in our paper here in nashville but i used to get the the parade in arkansas and but i started getting phone calls that sunday morning from all over the place and they said have you got the parade have you seen what's written in the parade and i went no and so what it was they used to put in like songs from 30 years ago what it meant to you 20 years ago and 10 years ago you know what i'm going to say yes i do i mean in that article it was said 10 years ago, and it said Walk On by Reba McIntyre. And this girl, she said, I was in, she told the story, I was in this bad wreck. She goes, Reba, I am
3: walking.
2: Life when everything is right, but some- toward the light till you find the sun you'll be better off in the long run and walk on I mean when you write a song like that and obviously you're in tears just telling the story yeah. it brings a whole new perspective to being a songwriter
0: it and that's why we do it really i mean music touches people in all different kinds of ways some makes you happy some makes you sad some makes you think about stuff
2: It Takes a Little Rain by the Oak Ridge Boys.
0: Oh, man. I sat down with James Dean Hicks and Roger Murrow one day, and James had this idea called It Takes a Little Rain to Make Love Grow. And so we sat in the office up there at Collins Music all day long and got about two lines. (laughs) Really nothing happened, and so we shelved it. About eight months later, James and I were, writing and and we came across that song and we thought, man, we need to work on that. It's a really cool song. So we went down and and, uh, banged on Roger's door (laughs) and he goes, what? And we go, hey man, we want to finish this song. And we sat down this time and wrote it in a day. It
1: takes a little rain
0: When we found out that the Oaks were going to record it, we were so excited. I was so excited about it. I, I mean, that was, uh, the Oak Ridge Boys were a big time to me.
3: All right, what about your biggest smash hit, Watching You by Rodney Atkins? The most played song of 2007 and the song of the decade. Number 37 on the top 100, Billboard's greatest country song. Also ACM, Song of the Year in 2008
0: it was amazing actually when we were getting an award for that song on the stage at bmi i mean we were up there with all these people rodney leans over and he goes hey steve he goes do you realize you were my very first co-writer when i came to town
1: no way driving through town just my boy and me with a happy meal in his booster seat knowing that he couldn't have the toy till his nuggets were gone Green traffic light turned straight to red I hit my brakes and mumbled under my breath His fries went a flying and his orange drink covered his lap Well, then my four-year-old said a four-letter word It started with S, and I was concerned So I said, son, now where'd you learn to talk like that? She said, I've been watching you, that ain't that cool, I'm your buckaroo, I wanna be like you, and eat all my food, and grow as tall.
0: I can't tell you what a blessing it is.
3: Before we started today, you were talking a little bit about your nonprofit, and it's so near and dear to your heart. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that and how you decided to get started with it.
0: Okay. freedomsingsusa.org is our website, and you can find us on Facebook that way, too. Don Goodman, the songwriter Don Goodman, who wrote uh, O-Red yep. and Angels Among Us and a bunch of other stuff. I have knew Don for um, a lot of years. I didn't really know him, know him. I knew who he was. I really got to know him, I think it was in June of 2014. We had our first retreat, what we call retreat. The first time I'd ever written with a, a veteran before. And Don was on that same gig, and he was writing too. So then when we parted ways, we didn't know we'd be getting into business together. We didn't know that. But about six or eight months later, in May, I think, of 2015, we decided to have our first class to write with veterans. I didn't think that veterans would like me really because I'm not that much younger than most of them. I mean the Vietnam guys especially. And I'm not I'm not a veteran. I mean I was too young to go to Vietnam and a lot of the veterans tell me that they should they say man you're lucky, you know. Right. Anyway, the first veteran that spoke up and he said, I've got some poems. Because Don, n- nobody was talking, and it was really kind of a, one of those situations where we didn't know what was gonna happen. This guy named Jerry raised his hand, he said, I've got some poems. And Don goes, you wanna read them? And he goes, nope, you read them. <laughs> Don started reading those poems, and man, I knew, I knew right then, I gotta put on my big boy pants for this. Right. Anyway, Jerry was the guy, and about, I don't know, three or four weeks went by, and, and Jerry and I got to be really close friends i mean like if jerry walked in here right now i just have to tell y'all y'all excuse me i got to go talk to jerry for a minute (laughs) and we'd get over in the corner and start wrestling i mean it was just it's that kind of the coolest thing ever anyway so jerry just to give you an example i said jerry how long were you out there he goes well i was out there for 45 days on and 45 days off i go did you ever sleep he goes no he goes, it was hotter than hell. He goes, it was 120 degrees and it rained all the time. And he said, I was a dozer mechanic. So I would sleep up under my blade at night and he could hear bullets pinging off his blade. And
3: oh my I said, what do
0: you mean a dozer mechanic? What do y'all do with dozers? He goes, well, we drove them right through the jungle. I go, how many dozers? And he said, oh, about 20. You imagine 20 dozers lined up side by side going through the jungle. And I said, why did y'all do that? And he goes, to expose the enemy and to free the villagers that were under the tyranny of all that. So he'd said he lay up under his blade at night, and he'd see the Freedom Bird. They called it the Freedom Bird plane, which took people home, took people out of there. And he goes, I'd lay there, and i go, yeah, I'm going to be on that Freedom Bird plane one of these days. He goes, I know who the old Jerry's going to be if the young Jerry gets out of here alive.
3: Oh, my gosh.
0: But the killer line of all is sometimes— young jerry turns out the light while old jerry lies here awake all night
2: wow what a great service you're doing because sometimes these people can't tell their story without somebody like you who can pull it out of them you
0: know we get the guitars out and don interviews the veterans i'm the music guy so don gets the stories out in in the midst of all that conversation i'll say if i came over to your house and we were going to listen to some music. What would you play for me? He, and so that's my way of finding out what kind of music they like. You know, some, if it's a Vietnam War guy, it's usually like Credence Clearwater or some kind of hard rock or the younger guys coming in. You know, there's a lot of groups. They'll tell me they like that. I don't even know <laughs> that I'll have to. That But I'll go excuse myself out of the class for a second and I'll go dig up some of the artists that they're talking about and I'll pattern the music after that style, you know.
2: Sure. Tell us the name of the website so people can go and look at
0: it. Okay, it's freedomsingsusa.org.
2: My son is a Special Forces soldier, and so I'm so grateful to you for the work that you're doing. I just want to say thank you for giving a voice to the stories, because they come home with their hearts and their heads so full of things they've seen and done. They don't think anyone can understand.
0: Right. Things that you're not supposed to see.
2: No. And stories I'm not supposed to know. No. Mothers should not know these things.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love veterans so much.
2: I want to go back to your story as we wrap things up here about your dad (laughs) wanting to be a songwriter yeah, and having to put food on the table and be an accountant. How fortunate and blessed do you feel, Steve, that you got to do what you love?
0: Very, very blessed. You know, I'd had a couple of cuts already when... um, We found out we were going to have our first child. Because I remember him telling me, you know, you came along, so I had to get a real job. Not in any degrading kind of fashion. He was glad to do it. So I called him. I said, well, I guess it's time to get a real job. He said, no, sir, it isn't. He goes, you already got your foot in the door over there, and you're doing what you love. Go for it.
2: And you did, and it's been an incredible career. So as we come to the end of this interview, and I want to say thank you for having us Mm. in this incredible space (laughs) and for sharing so many stories with us. As you look back on this long career in country music, what are you most proud of? It's a big catalog.
0: I think moving here might have been the thing I'm most proud of myself for doing. I mean, pulling up roots. I mean, that's a God thing right there. And probably young, too.
2: Young and stupid, (laughs) right? (laughs) Final question, fill in the blank. The key to my success in country music has been what?
0: Persistence, not giving up. There's been plenty of times when I would think, you know what, I love this, but I mean, what am I really doing? I treat it like a job, and I work every day at it. It's not like a job where you go in every day and and you get a paycheck (laughs) at the end of the month you know, for what you did. It's just something that I love, and I know that it's ingrained in me guys that were related to me that are like my grandfather's brothers and people like that that sat on the front porch with old mandolins and fiddles and did hoedowns and stuff. I mean that has come pretty natural but I'm just, I'm worried about tomorrow so much as I'm worried about what I'm gonna do today.
2: Well, I want to say thank you so much for having us you, to your studio and surrounded by all these guitars and all of this inspiration. Steve Dean, thank you.
0: Thank you.
3: Thank you so much for being our guest Thanks, on Country Jaycee. Music Success Stories.
0: Oh, it's been my pleasure, y'all. Thank you so much. Uh, y'all made a, made a puddle out of me.
1: <laughs> there they are, Candy O'Terry and JC Don Valeris, two award-winning interviewers who are respected and trusted right here in Nashville. <laughs> Do us a favor and hit that subscribe button right now and tell your friends about the show. Follow them at
0: Country Music Success Stories and on TikTok at Candy and JC.